Colin versus Cuthbert, Caterpillar Cake Wars. A very warm welcome to this latest episode of Cartmel's In Conversation. I'm Lara Elder, a senior associate in the trademarks team here at Cartmel's. In previous episodes, I have enjoyed posing the questions, but today we're going to do things a little differently, as the case we will be discussing today is one with some really interesting trademark considerations. So joining me for a conversation about all things IP and caterpillar cakes is Chloe Flower, who is a a senior associate in our chemistry and materials team. But today, not so much with her chemistry hat on um, as her curiosity and cake-loving hat. Hi, Chloe. Hello. So I think you spotted some recent news coverage about the M&S versus Aldi Caterpillar cake dispute. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners have done the same. And I think you had some questions for me. Yes. So um, my husband came home from work a couple of weeks ago and started asking me or rather bombarding me with questions about the news story he'd read about Marks and Spencers versus Aldi or Colin versus Cuthbert's as it's now known. And we got into quite the discussion. And since then, there's been a lot of media coverage of the cake wars there certainly has yeah (laughs) (laughs) perhaps because there are other chocolate caterpillar cakes out there um or maybe because aldi's previously dabbled in other copycat items like the punk ipa beer and charlotte Mm -hmm. tilbury makeup but being a patent attorney and it having been some time since i delved into the world of trademarks i thought i could ask you and pick your brains on a few questions to to find out some more about the ip considerations behind the scenes well it's certainly certainly an interesting case and there's been a lot of speculation in the press about what um, mns may or may not be claiming so fire away and we'll see what happens <laughs> Well, so a few of the articles we saw mentioned things like copyright, the phrase riding on the coattails uh, was used and, and trademark infringement was also discussed. Now, I thought that copyright related to things like musical or artistic work rather than cakes. Can you explain what intellectual property Marks and Spencers is actually going to be asserting in this infringement action? That is a good opening question. It's fairly typical for cases that get reported in the media like this one for there to be um, a certain amount of confusion around the IP rights in question. And it's quite common for, for the mainstream press to state that cases are all about copyright when actually they're nothing of the sort. Um, and, and this is definitely a trademark case. As you, as you know, copyright, as you say, it relates to, to literary and dramatic and musical artistic works. It's all about the artist's individual, individual artistic expression of an author. Trademarks, of course, are somewhat different to that. They are a badge of origin that indicates a particular business so that consumers know where their products or services are coming from. And they're typically, you know, a lame or a logo, um, but it could extend to the shape of a product or the get up. But it's things that people see and they that instantly tell them that that product or service is coming from a particular business. So yes, there's been confusion in the press to start with as as various law firms have weighed into the commentary online you've probably seen the the claims starting to be refined somewhat towards the trademark direction um now i haven't seen the particulars of claim that that m&s have 
uh, are suing on, but I suspect that they're going to be relying on two trademarks which they own in in Colin the Caterpillar. The first one being his name, the word mark Colin the Caterpillar, which has been registered for oh I think uh, over over ten years, and they have recently, as of twenty twenty end of, registered uh, a photograph essentially of Colin in his packaging, which that that is their their second trademark, which I suspect they'll be asserting. And then, of course, there's the unregistered claim, which which can be made uh, that is passing off, and we can talk a little bit about that later, perhaps. So, so you mentioned the the packaging. Um, hmm. Is that more to do with the exterior? Because I'm assuming you can't protect things like the shape of the caterpillar, because a caterpillar is a well known creature. So is it all to do with the the green box? It's Colin in his box, so you can see him through the little cellophane window. It's it's basically the product as you or I would see it if we went into the supermarket and saw the the box on the shelf. So you see the cake inside the box. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question about um, shape marks. They are notoriously tricky to register. There have been a whole spate of cases, the, the most famous one recently being the Kit Kat case where Nestle sought to register the shape of its chocolate bar and they they didn't succeed largely because it's a sort of functional shape right and people as soon as you took the words kit kat off it people didn't then instantly recognize it as being a nestle product so it is tricky to um, register things as shape marks but in theory it's it's possible and M&S could have tried to register the shape of the caterpillar cake itself as a trademark. Uh, I'm not aware that they've done so, so I suspect they will be, as I say, relying on those two, well, on the word mark and the, the photograph of the box, the packaging with Colin inside it, and then more adaptable, flexible claim of passing off, where you can basically claim goodwill, your your trading goodwill claim your rights in almost anything that people associate with with your business. And I suppose they'll be saying the whole look and feel of, of Colin, the product, as well as just his packaging, is is part of their claim. Does it make any difference that there have been lots of other caterpillar cakes out there for, for some time? I think I remember eating my first Wiggles <laughs> at, at least maybe four years ago, if not earlier. And I think Waitrose make a Cecil. How can Marks and Spencers be claiming that Colin is uh, something unique and um, distinctive when, when these cakes have also been around for a while? It's a good question. I mean, um, Colin, of course, was the first. I believe he's been around since 1990, I was reading. And that just makes me feel quite old because it doesn't seem that long ago since he first appeared. <laughs> um, but he he was the first, Colin the Caterpillar. Um, I suppose what's interesting is that M&S hasn't taken action against some of these copycats earlier, because as you, you rightly say, they've they've been around for some time. There's the Sainsbury's Wiggles, Waitrose, Cecil. There are others. I think there's a um, Morris the Caterpillar, no prizes for guessing uh, which supermarket's responsible for that one. So it's a question of degree. Had these other copycat caterpillars not been around then it means that the scope of M&S's registered trademark rights would be a little bit broader because there wouldn't be the, the other party couldn't say well actually caterpillar is just descriptive of your product and so i mean i think the word mark that they're likely to be asserting Colin the caterpillar is not very helpful to them anymore for that very reason because whilst once upon a time in the early 1990s 
caterpillar associated with cake is is pretty unusual and new. Um, it's not a, a description of the product. Now, now that there have been several caterpillars with various different names in the market and M&S hasn't done anything about it, they're going to really struggle for the reasons you say um, on, the, on the word mark. So in short, the, the claim is going to be narrow in scope because of what they've let happen. The get-up itself, the look and feel of the product and its packaging is still distinctive. Actually, it's interesting if you look at all the different versions of the caterpillar cakes that are out there, they all share certain things in common. I mean, they've got to look like caterpillars and their chocolate cakes, but actually there are quite a few differences when you start looking at them, looking at them more closely. But you're right, it's, it means that M&S's Colin is that the rights that they can uh, assert in that are going to be narrower just because there are others that they've allowed onto the market. And why do you think it is that they've chosen to sue Aldi, but they've not gone after any of the other supermarkets? Is it because Aldi's smiley face is so similar to Colin's or, um, <laughs> you know, is there some other reason? I've been thinking about this. I mean, if you, as I say, if you look at all the different caterpillars side by side, and there have been various people who've helpfully pictured them on Twitter, I've done a, a grand cake buying uh, mission, and, and you can see them all side by side. I think the Aldi one is the most obviously similar. It's got, as you say, the same smiley face. It's, I mean, th- there's very little to tell between them um, in terms of how they've arranged the Smarties on the top, the little white chocolate feet. Um, the eyes are very, very similar. And if you look at all the others, they're a little bit further away. And I suppose for the reasons I've been saying, if you're going to pick a battle uh, and your rights are a little bit narrow because of what else you've let happen, what, what you've let go, then pick your battle with the one that is closest. I wonder if it's a bit of a a test the water case almost for M&S. They finally decided that enough's enough and they want to reassert their uh, their dominance in the caterpillar cake market and Aldi is the, the case that's going to be strongest for them and they'll see what happens in that. And um, if they make some headway, then perhaps the, the other supermarkets will find, find uh, lawsuits coming their way too. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> so we've already discussed that, that there is some confusion. Um, I've certainly turned up in the office kitchen expecting a, a, that I'm getting a slice of Colin and uh, only to be sadly upset that it's a, a, Cuth- a Cuthbert or a, or a Wiggles. Um, so uh, one of the things I remember from uh, my early days of training and trademark uh, law was that there needs to be some level of confusion um, for trademark infringement. So if you're shopping in Aldi, you know you're buying an Aldi cake, you know you're buying a Cuthbert, um, so that there can surely be no confusion there because you're not in Marks and Spencers. The only people that are going to be confused are the poor people like me who turn up and see an unwrapped Colin or Cuthbert and and uh, think it's one or the other. Does it mm-hmm. matter who the people are that are confused um, and whether they're the people that are actually doing the purchasing of, of the cake? So that, I mean, that kind of goes to the heart of trademark law. You'll remember the concept of the um, average consumer, which is the sort of legal construct by which we assess whether there is infringement confusion in, in, in between trademarks. In this case, I guess the average consumer is anybody who at some point in their lives 
buys cake and that's probably everyone <laughs> unless unless you just don't have a sweet tooth um so and there, there are all sorts of different kinds of confusion there's the sort of on the point of sale confusion which is where you, you know you go into the shop and you pick you go in for one product and you come out with another and you don't actually realize that you've got the wrong product because something about it was really misleading then there's a different kind of confusion which is the one you've just described and okay you in your cafe eating some the cake that somebody else has bought, you, you don't know what the cake is, but you see it and you think it's Colin the Caterpillar because you've seen that as a consumer out in the shops in Marks and Spencers and you eat it and assuming it's that product and you think, hmm, this tastes a bit funny. What are you going to think? Are you going to think automatically, oh, it must be somebody else's cake masquerading as M&S's cake or do you think it's actually M&S's cake and their quality is deteriorated in which case you are a confused consumer of cakes albeit you didn't purchase that specific one who might in future change your buying behavior as a result so you might think I'm not going to go and buy an M&S cake anymore or you might think oh this is delicious compared to the one I usually have ask somebody where it's from and they tell you it's Aldi's cake and you think, oh, actually, I'm going to go and buy Cuthbert from now on and I won't buy M&S ones anymore. So you see, it's, it doesn't matter when the confusion happens or who is confused specifically, as long as there's somebody who will go and change their economic behavior as a result of that moment of confusion. And in a way that's going to impact uh, M&S's business by diverting sales, for example, to Aldi or by damaging the brand's reputation because somebody's eaten a cake thinking it's Colin, realising it doesn't taste the same and thinks, hmm, maybe M&S has dropped its quality. <laughs> maybe personal opinion here, but I think, you know, Colin is superior in my mind. Um, but that's interesting to know. So reputational harm, you know, if you if you think it doesn't taste as good, then then that's something that could be part of the, the claim that Absolutely. Mark Spencer is making. Absolutely. And I think that's precisely what, what M&S will be claiming because Colin is hugely famous. Um, we all know and love Colin. He's featured at everyone's birthday parties and office birthday celebrations at one port point or another. And I think with that, armed with that reputation, you have a slightly broader uh, scope of claim that you can make in, in trademark law, which is to say, I have a reputation and if consumers perceive a link, they don't necessarily have to be confused. But if they, they see that other pr product and perceive a link back to M&S, and there's a, a negative impact on M&S's, their perception of M&S's product as a result, that's the sort of tarnishing, that, that's a claim you can make. That is trademark infringement. Uh, or ditto, as I said before, if, if people start to and I think this is one of the things M&S is probably worried about, actually, if people start to buy the cheaper versions from other supermarkets, because actually when it comes to it, they just they prefer style over substance. They like, they like the look of it. They're not too fussed over the actual taste of the cake, perhaps because they're quaffing some glasses of wine at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> um, they go and buy Aldi's cake instead. And they switch their purchasing habits as a result. And that's that's what we would call in trademark law free riding, because Aldi has taken something attractive about M&S's product, namely the way it looks, and copied that. And people go and buy Aldi's product purely because they've taken that reputed aspect of, of some, some of the allure of, of 
the M&S product. Gosh, so it does sound like there's a lot behind this this claim. So it sounds like it'd be an interesting case to follow. I think so. I think so. I mean, there's I'm speculating, of course, because I, as I say, I haven't seen the claims, but I, I suspect that will be the essence of what M&S argues. Although I should say that copycat cases of this nature are never straightforward. Fundamentally, because consumers are used to this type of behaviour, especially by discount supermarkets like Aldi, of, of copying the sort of look and feel of a product, but making small changes. For example, here we've got Cuthbert, the caterpillar, instead of Colin, and the box looks a little bit different. Um, so they are notoriously different. And Aldi has been involved in a, a number of these cases. You mentioned a couple to, to start with. Um, I'm thinking, I mean, the, out, the outcome tends to be very sp- fact specific. So I'm thinking about a couple of examples involving Aldi from the past, actually. There was, I don't know whether you ever read about this one, but there was a case by the makers, um, they were sued, Aldi, by the makers of Moroccan oil, that sort of luxurious hair rejuvenating oil, for exactly that, a, a copycat product, which Aldi called Miracle Oil. And in the end, there was found to be no infringement, no passing off, because consumers knew, and precisely what you said before, they knew when they went into Aldi and bought the product that cost £4, that they were not getting the £30 high-end salon product, Moroccan oil. Equally, there was another case uh, involving saucy fish. I don't know if you've seen those products, but they're sort of typically, I think it was black packaging with a little cut-out fish, and you could kind of see the the fish and the sauce that you would add to it when you cooked um, beneath the, the the window. And Aldi created a version of this. And in that case, they were found to, well, actually, I say they were found to infringe. I think Aldi settled the case. They realized they were on a sticky wicket. Um, the product was just too similar to the, the brand owners. Um, so yeah, as I say, very fact specific, these cases. But it'll be interesting to see how this one goes, uh, not least because of all the social media attention that there's been. Yes, I, I, that was. I was going to ask you about this. So mm. we've had pictures of Cuthbert in jail, and uh, <laughs> I think subsequently Audi has suggested that um, why don't we all just sell the cakes for charity, and and perhaps even trying to paint Marks and Spencers as the bad guys. Are, are they trying to put pressure on Marks and Spencers to drop the case? And and if. If they did, if Marks and Spencers did just think, oh, you know, we'll we'll settle, as you suggested, but, but you know, before taking this the whole way, is that going to pave the way for future caterpillar cakes to enter the market? Um, I, I guess there may be caterpillar cakes sprouting up everywhere if they drop this. <laughs> yes. I mean, I suppose we've already got quite a number of caterpillar cakes. As we said, it's in a way strange that M&S have waited this long to, to bring a claim against one of them. But it's a really interesting example of the potency of PR in the in the equation, the balancing equation as a trademark owner. You're always trying to work out whether and how to enforce your rights. The fact that you have a, a legal claim against a third party doesn't always mean that it's a good idea to assert that claim and sue. Um, and defendants nowadays, uh, especially savvy ones like Aldi, have... PR and social media as their best friend. It's a way of getting the public on your side, sort of turning the tables a little bit on your opponent who comes across as being being uh, lacking any sense of fun, being um, 
the sort of grumpy trademark owner enforcing their rights. And um, as you say, they, they brought this sort of free Cuthbert campaign to get the consumer on their side. I mean, M&S must have known what they were letting themselves in for when they they brought this lawsuit. And you never know which way the publicity wind's going to blow. And it might cut both ways. It might be might be good for everyone. It's good for Aldi and good for M&S. Um, but it's certainly a tool that I think Aldi is trying to use to drive the case towards a settlement rather than litigation. Um, but who mm. knows what the outcome will be. It's, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. And at the moment, as you say, M&S might be coming off badly, although they have responded on Twitter, I noticed, with a few attempts at an amusing riposte to some of Aldi's um, comments uh, on the charity matter, I see they were suggesting that that Aldi should do their own charity stunt involving uh, Kevin the carrot rather than <laughs> uh, rather than uh, Cuthbert the caterpillar. Um, but yeah, it's it's always a, an important decision to think about when you're a trademark owner thinking of suing a third party. What is the PR fallout going to be from this, and is it actually going to do us more harm than good? Yes, and certainly in the age of social media, I imagine this slightly different to how it would have panned out, say, ten or ten or so years ago. Absolutely, yes, it's a very different world, and we forget how quickly it's changed. Um, but uh, I mean, it's 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 makes for a fascinating. In a way, you feel like the the case is being tried by social media long before it gets anywhere in the high court the high court's going to take months to limber up um and who knows maybe maybe there'll be a settlement maybe that will be the the result of all of this you mentioned the punk ipa case with aldi and i think in that case there was a settlement and i think it was Brewdog, wasn't it and they ended yeah. up creating a yaldi um ipa as a sort of collaborative um, good-humoured end to the dispute. So who knows what will happen here, but it's certainly going to be followed with a lot of interest by a lot of uh, chocolate cake-loving people. Yes, I might get myself a, a Colin and a cup of tea to watch it, watch it pan out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, look, Chloe, it's been really good fun talking to you about this. I'm sure there will be more to come in future. We'll keep our eyes peeled and, and let you know when there are any updates. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.